Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Athletic. The only way to score is, of course, to play uh, with a handbrake off. Hello, I'm Ian Stone. This is Handbrake Off, the Arsenal podcast, brought to you by The Athletic. As you will know, yesterday was a good day for the Arsenal as we won a record 17th Community Shield. It wasn't the first time a Vieira scored the winning penalty in a final against the Manchester club. <laughs> Patrick Vieira for Arsenal. He's done it! And Arsenal have won the FA Cup. That was a good day. And we'll get into the analysis with our guest this week, Art de Roche and Adrian Clark. Afternoon. Hello. Afternoon. Good afternoon. Nice to see you guys. Uh, two trophies in a week for the Arsenal. <laughs> the Emirates Cup, now the Community Shield. I mean, we're just not going to have room, are we, in the trophy cabinet? It's just, oh, we need a bigger cabinet. Declan Rice. Like, he wins a trophy with his last game at West Ham. And then the first first couple of games with the, as a trophy up for grabs with Arsenal, he wins it. I mean, he's... He's going to be a bit disappointed next weekend, isn't he? <laughs> he's he's a mach- We should give him one just to make him feel better. Man of the match or something. He's a machine, really, isn't he? By the way, uh, I don't want to get too carried away. Mikel Arteta, as a player and a manager at Wembley, he's had 12 out of 12 wins. He does seem to like the place. So, oh, any guesses where the 2024 Champions League final is? <laughs> <laughs> it's at Wembley. Is it, it is at Wembley. It is at Wembley. It is at Wembley. Who are we going to beat? That's a very good question. Well, I think we'll beat Man City on penalties. <laughs> It'll be the same. Vieira into the top corner. It won't be all Taker in goal, I imagine, but you never know. Are we getting a bit carried away, Adrian? Do you think? Or I mean, it's a good start, isn't it? It's a good start. I mean, I know the Emirates Cup and the Community Shield, but you know, it's it's something, isn't it? It gives a, the players a feeling of lifting a trophy. Of course it does. Yeah, I love that Arteta record by the way that is that is astonishing isn't it so it bodes well you know bodes well if we if we get ourselves back there no we're not getting carried away no one's really (laughs) getting that carried away it's the community shield (laughs) but I think we've got a right to enjoy it enjoy the fact that we've beaten Manchester City albeit on penalties because they've they've dished out some proper punishment to us haven't they in recent times was it 8-2 aggregate last year in three games yeah I, I did a stat before the game the last there's been there'd been 10 games under Arteta against City, we'd won one at Wembley in the cup semi-final and we'd lost the other nine. And I think we'd scored six and let in 24. So that that shows you how how much of a bad fixture it's been for us. So, so for it to be such an even game, for us to be very competitive throughout and by and large, solid, I would say, especially down that central spine with the two centre-halves who were great. The full-backs were excellent. And, and the two in front, Partey and Rice, I, th- I thought those six did a really good job of sort of keeping City quiet. So, yeah, not getting not carried getting away, carried but it was away. positive. Uh, yeah. 
No. And uh, I'm, uh, you want to get carried away? Because normally it's my job to get carried <laughs> away. That's, that's how people feel about this podcast. I've got Amy going, no, 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 no calm down, calm down. But uh, she's not here today. So why don't we just... Uh... <laughs> no, I think, I think I'm just in, I guess, having fun kind of mood yeah. at the minute. So, yeah. so that's all good. All good with me. That's I love I like that having fun is what what we should be all about. So one one draw with Man City and we beat them on penalties. Start eleven was Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Timber, Partey, Rice, Erdegaard, Martinelli, Saka, and Havertz. Oh, it was a very tactical affair, wasn't it? Really, I mean, it, it did feel a bit chess match e. I suppose is you know they're, they're going to fear us a little bit, aren't they? Yeah, I think going into it. My personal feeling was just be competitive. Let it be respectable. Because as Adrian mentioned, it hasn't been for quite a while. And you saw from the first minute what Arsenal was setting out to do. Just really contain them for the first kind of 20 minutes and then take it from there. And as you say, Ian, it was quite (laughs) chess matchy. But I think the way it went, Arsenal kind of grew into the game really nicely. And then from there, you've just got to believe in yourself a bit more and and they did so I was quite happy with the way it all panned out from minute one to minute I guess 101 101 so yeah it was quite a really interesting almost case study if you will of how Arsenal I guess approached it really differently to how they've played Manchester City in the past yeah, Adrian, it, it did feel a little bit like we're we're not playing quite our natural game, but we are talking about the champions of Europe, treble winners. We have to also show them a little respect as well, don't we? It's about learning, isn't it, from your mistakes? And yeah. I don't think there's any doubt that it was a mistake last season to play our usual game, particularly at the Etihad. It, it, it was an error. And I think that Mikel and the coaching staff would have analysed it and thought, do you know what? We should have played it a different way. We should have gone and, and done a little bit like what we did at Wembley, where we sit in, keep the back four very narrow, bring the centre midfielders on the toes of the of the centre forward and, and just say, come on then, come and break us down. And what, what we saw was City have loads of the ball, knock it wide, uh, where they had 1v1s and they looked dangerous. But by and large, Timber and, and White did a, a terrific job, I think, of slowing down their wingers. And and yeah, we, we, we basically gave them no space in behind. Yeah. All they really had was the odd long shot. I mean, Rodri hit a couple, didn't he? And, and it took a really good goal to, to actually break us down eventually. So yeah, no, it was good defensively, good to do something different because we had to. We had to do something different. There was a dip in the second half. I think there was 20, 25 minutes where we flagged big time. And I thought... Mm. Oh, that's it. I don't think we're going to come back here, but I love the little second wind we got right at the end. And and as Art said, they kept on, kept on believing, which is great. Uh, that's the point, isn't it? It is about belief. I mean, this is a team that has beaten us eight or nine times out of the last 10, and yet they believe they could still get something. Let's talk about some of the people, uh, some of the players. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale. I mean, we've had chats on this pod in the last week about... You know, David Raya, and and obviously that's ongoing. He made some excellent saves in this game. Uh, uh, You know, all the stuff that's happened with Rambo in the last few weeks, the piece that he wrote talking about, you know, the miscarriage and his brother, the the bravery of him, and also the bravery of him and the way that he stepped up in this game. He was massive. I think even before the saves, there was those moments in, in the first half where... 
Arsenal just getting a ground in in the game and a pass would come right maybe two yards in front of the, the goal line and he's making those passes. I think even little things like that just help build a kind of assurance on the day. And then you come to those saves and they they were massive just because, again, when Foden slipped in for that that one that goes for the corner, I, I thought it was a goal. That was great. That was a great save. I like the one from Rodri's header. Yeah, as well, massive. So those moments, just again, if if they went in, no one would have really batted an eye because you don't expect them to make the save, but they keep Arsenal in the game and give them a platform to go and win on penalties. So yeah. um, again, those little moments just they they add up, and in the in the moment, I don't think people really realise that, but. Yeah, now that we're actually be able to reflect on it, hopefully uh, a lot more people can kind of take stock of what those moments mean. And David Ornstein has reported this morning that Matt Turner to Forrest has agreed. He'll have a medical letter today. And Arsenal are working to finalise the David uh, David Raya transfer. I mean, the, the way that Aaron Ramsdale played yesterday, Adrian, he will start against Forrest, even if David Raya is done in the next few days. And it is competition. It's what we talked about on the pod last week. Yeah, it's his shirt to lose, isn't it? And uh, yeah, he, he made a big step forward. Yeah, I agree. They were good saves. Obviously, he made one in the shootout, which was nice for him as well. So his reaction was good. There were one or two wobbly moments as well um, where where he was hesitant maybe in the second half of his distribution, wasn't sure what to do. But 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 by and large, he had a really good game. And yeah, we'll see. I bumped into Orny, had a little chin wag. And um, yeah, he was very confident on, on the Raya deal being finalised in, in the next... Blimey. Next couple of days. So, yeah, let's <laughs> see. And I think you know my squad. thoughts on it. it I, I yeah. think we're a stronger squad yeah. for having the pair of them. We'll worry about the possible, um, you know, how the dynamics are going to work, you know, later. Hopefully we'll have 65 plus games to uh, make yeah. sure they both get some. Uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to have a serious uh, team for the League Cup, though, aren't we? <laughs> or whatever it's called now. Um, Mikel Arteta went back to last season's defence with Timber covered rather brilliantly in the Zinchenko role. Adrian, much more stable than we have been, certainly in the last seven, eight games of last season. I mean, Timber, he, I mean, I, I mean, of all the signings, <laughs> I, I mean, like I say, I didn't know much about him. And when I say I didn't know much about him, I didn't know anything about him. All right. Let me be totally honest about this, but he could be, he could be the signing of the summer. Could be. Yeah. What I love is his confidence. Yeah. He's got this air about him that he, he belongs and the, there's no hint of nerve, nerves at all. He, he's very relaxed. He's just doing his thing. Tidy defender. Happy to snap into a challenge or two. Good passer. Didn't realise he could play left back this well. It definitely gives us a, a better option. For sure, this back four will start. But, but for me, as, as well as Timber played, and he did play great, I just loved seeing Gabriel and Saliba next to each oh, other. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. loved it. And um, Saliba in particular, you'll probably remember it. There was a moment where the ball got knocked over the top for Haaland to chase and it was Saliba with him. And I can't remember, I can't remember who to credit on Twitter for it, but they said that that chase was like two top class thoroughbreds, you know, galloping down the final furlong sort of. You know, foot foot by foot, it was um, it was great to see, and Saliba kept pace with him. Harlan had to go backwards, and that is what he brings. He's, I thought he looked really imperious. 
Yeah, I uh, William Saliba, 96% pass accuracy. I like this one, six passes into the final third. We missed him so much the back end of last season and to see him back in and hopefully fit for the entire season. I mean, how much of a difference does he make? Is it is he the one really? I mean, we all talked to every last season when it was going really beautifully and we were going, well, well, we can't do without any of them, hmm. but he's the one, isn't he, really? I remember you chose him as your like player of the season because of um, what happened when he wasn't there. And for yeah. me, the the big thing about him is Everything looks really natural to him. The way he moves, the way he covers ground, but also just the the calm on the ball. Because there, again, there were moments where Manchester City were really going at the Arsenal backline, and he just has a presence of mind to make an extra pass when needed, or knock it long to Havertz, who held the ball up really well. So yeah, from just a confidence perspective, that that base of Saliba and Gabriel being there for the whole of the preseason has been really settling going into the season. And just on Timber as well, what's kind of really struck me is he's got a similar kind of calmness on the ball because he'll try a little faint to get away from pressure and it will work. But then also there are times where Saliba might be on the ball and I'm not sure if it got picked up on TV, but he will actually make a, a deep run from left back beyond the city backline. So it'll be interesting to see whether those runs are found, I guess, over the course of the season. But yeah, it was just another interesting thing I saw kind of develop as the game went on. Yeah, we've got some serious footballers playing in defence. One more thing, by the way, about William Saliba. There's an interview that Alexander Sinchenko did with Rio Ferdinand and he talks for a minute or so about William Saliba. It's, if you haven't seen it, it's quite, it's quite funny because it's not just us. Who, who see this, the players see it as well. One of you, I can't remember which, was it, was it you, Art, who mentioned Kai Havertz up front? Yeah, playing, yeah. Uh, Yes, yeah. Mikel Arteta was pleased with his performance. He said he was superb the way he pressed and how intelligent he is to try and understand certain spaces and the timing of it. He was great and he got in great positions to score. Adrian, Mikel Arteta saw something in Kai Havertz that perhaps the rest of us didn't see. His pressing is really something, isn't it? It is, yeah. I, I think the adjectives aren't the ones I'd use. I think they're a little bit inflated. Superb and great aren't, aren't how I'd describe the performance. I thought it was, it was fine. <laughs> like it was, it was good, it was good, but not definitely not great um, and not, and not poor. It was somewhere in between, but yeah, he does press. He do, he will work hard. And I like that. I like the way he backed into the centre half sometimes yeah. when we went, when we looked to clip the ball into him, he relished that. He thought, yeah, I'll hold it for you. And he did nine times out of 10. So that was, that was good. I think that the chances that he had, obviously the fact that he he found space in the box is a big tick. The finishes, obviously they they weren't amazing, but they were on target and they weren't they weren't easy chances. They were, they were half chances in my opinion. Probably really? the second one. The one you, the one you, from when Saka pulled it back to him. I yeah, thought. but it was it was still bobbling a little bit. It yeah. wasn't coming to him true. He had to really concentrate on on the contact because of that bobble. But even so, I, I, he'd want to have scored that one. But but I don't think you can label it a bad miss. So yeah, I, w- I would have given him either a seven or a six and a half out of ten for the, for the performance. He showed promise in the position. I think Mikel wanted to have a look at him in that role. He knows what Eddie can do. He knows what Trossard can do, but 
He's just looking how he fits in with the players in the Arsenal side as a striker. And yeah, I think I think he grabbed the opportunity. Well, let's talk about Leandro Trossard, Neddy and Ketia next. This is Handbrake Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Hello, I'm Ioakim Moleri, new host of The Athletic Football Podcast. We'll take you inside the biggest stories from the world of football, told by the best journalists in the business. People like Adam Crafton, David Ornstein, Matt Slater, and a heap of amazing club writers from all across the globe. Our promise? To cut through the noise and tell you what's really happening and why it matters. So listen to The Athletic Football Podcast, Monday to Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello there, James Richardson here. I'm back to host the Totally Football Show three times a week this season. The show is going to be featuring all your Totally favourites like James Horncastle, Daniel Storey, Carl Anker, Duncan Alexander and many more bringing you all the footballing insight you need. Listen to the Totally Football Show for free wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to check out video versions of the show over on our YouTube channel. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We were a bit uh, with the handbrake at time. Ian Stone, Adrian Clark, and Art De Roche here on the Arsenal podcast, The Athletic Handbrake. Off Art, Adrian mentioned Leandro Trossard there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we all remember what happened when we all wanted Mikhailo Mudrik, and then we couldn't get him when we got gazumped essentially by Chelsea, and then Leandro Trossard came in, and it was. A little sort of underwhelming, but, you know, OK, he's a proven Premier League player. Let's see how he gets on. I mean, it's it's hard to think that he'll be left out uh, if he keeps doing this. Oh, I, I love that guy so much. <laughs> That's what I mean. I, like, <laughs> I think from the first moment I saw him play against Man United, I just saw someone get... I, I feel like I've mentioned this before on here, but I just saw a Wenger player. And I've loved that in preseason, he's been not just effective, but he's shown the the versatility that he showed last year because he's been able to play in midfield as an eight, as a striker on the left. And then yesterday he did a kind of all of those three things again when he came on. And I just think the big thing was he was willing to take a risk. Um, 
he always seems to know what risk he's going to take before the ball reaches his feet. And that's really been refreshing. I think that's probably the best word to use for him in terms of his impact since joining in January. And going into next week, it is a really interesting one because if he if he does get picked, I, I have confidence that he'll perform. If he doesn't get picked to start, I'd feel upset, but I wouldn't have a major issue because if he does come off the bench, I'm confident him. Yeah. I'm confident in him in that respect too. Where's he play though, Art? Where's he play next next weekend? <laughs> I, w- I would, Is it yeah, down I would the middle? say down the middle. So it's probably between him, Havertz, and Enketia. And <laughs> considering his Forest at home, I, I'd probably, I'd probably pick him if I'm being totally honest, because yeah. I, I just want to see that movement. It's going to be a different type of game to the City game yesterday, where Arsenal are going to have more of the ball. So I think he would probably lend himself a bit better to that type of game than Havertz and, and then Ketia. The, the, the flip side, playing devil's advocate, I agree. His movement, obviously when you come up against a very defensive side, because Forrest will be interchanging, you know, sharp movement is, is, is what kills them. But what we could see against Forrest is them getting deeper and deeper and deeper where we are then forced into putting crosses into the box. Yeah. And when you want crosses in the box, you want Kai there mm-hmm. instead of Trossard, don't you? So I actually feel that part of the reason Kai played in the game at Wembley was with Forrest in mind and with him tryout, with him yeah. expecting Forrest to defend. Because they'll back themselves. Forrest, Forrest yeah. want us to clip balls into the box because that's their strength. They got loads of big guys. That's what they did at the city yeah. round all last year, wasn't it? Let's let's do it. It's a good it's a good problem to have. Exactly. So yes, Kai's aerial threat could impact the game and that might have a part to play in the yeah. decision. And we'll see what happens with Eddie as well. I mean, I mean, it, again, competition, lots and lots of options. And one more thing on the Trossard goal. I mean, it's a lovely little feint to send Julian Alvarez the wrong way and give himself to space. And I love that he backed himself and he hit that ball pretty well. Got a bit lucky. <laughs> two-footer. Two-footer, it's, yeah. If you're a two-footer, the defender in that position, he, he didn't know which yeah. way he was going to go. And whereas... You know, the one-footed players, you can show them one way and you know that, you know, you're sending them down an avenue. But that's the advantage. We saw it with that goal. It's probably the least cleanly struck shot he's hit. In pre-season, it's true. It's true. Somebody did, I don't know who it was, but I'm sorry, I can't credit you. But somebody on Twitter did say, uh, have a look at all the City players when that goal goes in. To see Kevin Kevin De Bruyne's shoulders sort of drop is really very pleasurable to any Arsenal fans. And a couple more things. Declan Rice showed flashes of the player we know is there. It was a moment when he uh, made tracking back uh, to win the ball against uh, Bernardo Silva looked very easy. Buzzing after the game. As you said, Adrian, trophy winning. <laughs> He's, I mean, I mean, listen, we all know what we want from him. How did you feel about the partnership with Thomas Partey? Yeah, I liked it. I really did. Yeah, I, was, I was right by the pitch. It was so exciting being there yesterday. And at the end, when they were celebrating, I was right there. So you see their face and Declan was only a few yards away. And yeah, he was sort of milking it more than most, really. You know, he's pumping the fist. Yeah, pumping the fist to the fans. You could tell he was buzzing. Martin Erdegaard got him to come over, didn't he, and celebrate? Yeah, it was really good. It was really it was a really good experience, actually, to be up there, up close and personal there. Rice did pretty well, I thought. Grew into the game. Yeah, that, that moment where he tracked back is a showcase, really, of his recovery powers. He's got he's got the legs. 
And the bit where he went and pressed really high up the pitch in the first half, I thought was great. It was like a sort of almost like a surprise tactic. He just needs to get a little bit more confident on the ball, take a few more risks and play those forward passes and maybe have a few more runs with the ball. But he kept things simple. And, and I think he was right to keep things simple because he he is still finding his legs. He's not fully fit, nowhere near it, because he hasn't had enough minutes in pre-season. I think Declan Rice is about two-thirds fit at the moment. Now, the time we get to Forest. He'll probably be three quarters fit, and maybe after Forest in the next game, he'll be there. Yeah, just on on Rice. Obviously, those moments yesterday. So I was watching from a different vantage point. I was a bit higher than Adrian would have been, and it was just like, wow, oh my god, like just totally unexpected. But also against Monaco, I think what I'm gathering is he he has the ability to just change the game in a in a split second. There are a couple moments where. There was loose ball against Monaco and he's just powered through two players. He'd done it for, I guess, the shot that led to um, the corners for Enketi's goal. Mm. But then he also did it earlier in the first half in a more midfield area and just started Arsenal's attack really nicely. So, yeah, hopefully when he gets a bit fitter, we'll be able to see a few more examples of that as well. And finally, the mentality boost that we get from beating Manchester City. I know we just mentioned this before, but it's worth reiterating. Adrian, how important is this sort of thing in a in a in in a player's mind that you know a, a team that that we just cannot seem to get a result against, and we and we do. You could see how much they celebrated. It meant a lot to them. Obviously, the manager would have imparted to them how important it was. I mean, it will help, will it not? In those games against City? Yeah, definitely. I think that Mikel might even, he might be the hype man, if you know what I mean. He might be hyping that side of it up a little bit more than it is actually worth. Just to say, look, boys, look look how good, look how close it was. Look look yeah. what you can do. Yeah. It's his job, isn't it, to give, to instill that belief. And I think days like that do it. The bottom line is it was an even game. We didn't outplay City. It was just even. Um, which is a step forward <laughs> from what's gone on before. If we got a one-all draw against them last season yeah. in one of the games, I know. But it I think mental been... block. Mental. If you're talking about mental blocks, I still don't think what happened yesterday comes into play when we play them in the Premier League. I just don't think it does because it's can you beat them or perform to that level and keep them that tight in a match that really, really matters, yeah. and, and that's still an unknown. So it's it's something we can use. But I don't think we suddenly cracked the code. I, 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 I'd say that if we, we beat them in the league. Oh, does it give the supporters a bit more confidence, though? Something like that? I do think so, because when we think back about how far Arsenal have come, one of the key games, I feel, was the the game on New Year's Day. Not last season, but the season before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that game was just, I guess, a, a display of... Arsenal were able to compete for a, a period of time. And you saw those were the building blocks for what has come in the past 18 months. So I think all these little moments, obviously they won't mean that Arsenal will now <laughs> draw or win against Manchester City in the league. But for just the self-belief in in those individual moments, I think it will do a world of good because the Liverpool game last year, at home, I think that was probably the game that really cemented a belief for that period of the season before the World Cup. So I don't see any reason why this 
can't do something similar. And believing that they can is really a, a big part of this whole thing now, at this point, to, to, to take that next step. Before we go, on this day in 2012, Arsenal signed... The Spanish genius midfielder Santi Cazorla uh, for a fee. I'm reading this. I still can't believe it. In the region of 12 million quid. I mean, it just seems <laughs> utterly ridiculous that we can get a player like that for 12 million quid. Do we have a favourite Santi moment, by the way? Do we have any favourite Santi moment? The Hull City Cup final goal. It's Cazorla. Whole City Cup final goal was a good one. Yeah, that was a beautiful, that was the one that started, and then kissing his wrist, the wristband, whatever he was wearing, the sweatband on his wrist. I like that one. I also like when he was going to take a corner right footed, and then somebody waved at him, and he went, "Oh, okay," and he took it left footed, and I was just, I think everyone went, "Oh, come on, mate, that's a bit much." I like that. Anything? Yeah, I, I want to ask Art. Have you heard anything on the grapevine about Santi coming as part of the coaching staff? Because that was mooted, wasn't it, a few weeks back? Yeah. Not really. I guess in last month there was some noise about it when all the Steve Round stuff happened. But from my, I guess, understanding, it's looking more like it'll just be like Carlos Cuesta who kind of takes a bigger, a bigger role. But in terms of a favorite Santi moment, I could obviously pick a thousand moments that happened on the pitch. But I remember when I was going to games as a junior gunner, I was sat in the clock end, so I would be where he would be taking corners. And I took a picture when he was playing against Tottenham, 1-0 win, the day before Ozil signed. And I just tagged him on, on Twitter. I was around 14 and he retweeted it. And that just made, oh. that made my day. So I think that would be my, that would be my favourite Sunday moment. Beautiful. Yeah. And why not? Why not? I can't believe you're a junior gunner like 10 years ago. That upsets yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies, apologies. I don't even want to go into uh, any of that conversation. Let's have a song to finish. Look, as we've started, as essentially what we are about to start, and on Thursday, when we get together again for a, a pod, we will talk about next season, our hopes and expectations and all the rest of it. But as we're starting, uh, I've just picked Start by The Jam, because you know that I love The Jam and uh, I love the song as well. like I've mentioned moments a lot today and uh, and I I just feel like you can't really underestimate how big they are even if they seem really small in a minute so I'm gonna go for the moment by Tame Impala Tune that. I like that tune. 
And what about you, Adrian? I, I don't know it. I don't know that one. I'm impressed that you do. I'm uh, impressed that you do. Do some research. I saw I saw him at Gla- I saw him at Glastonbury one year. Ah, right. I need to I need to check that one out. I'm going to go with the City Angle. Finally, finally we beat them, and it was a little banger from when I was an Arsenal <laughs> youth team youth teamer back in the day when Art was probably not born. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, CC Peniston, finally, it's, yeah, it's a a good little dance track and uh, yeah, that's how it feels. Finally, we beat them. Well, we'll be back on Thursday talking about next season. But thank you to Art DeRoche, thanks to Adrian Clark, and thanks to Jay, our producer. And thank you, listener, for listening. This has been Handbreak Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Ian Stone. Have a good day. Listener.